Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have Jody Grendon, CEO and co-founder of Summit CPA, who is running a $9 million virtual CFO firm. And we're going to be talking about why selecting a niche and doing content marketing with SEO specifically has been key to growing his firm. Let's get started. Hey, what is going on, Jody? Glad to have you on the show today. Actually, it is snowing today. It's in April and we're snowing. <laughs> Believe wow, it or not. Nice. So, outside's going well. Uh, inside, we're having a great time. Very cool, man. Um, yeah, the weather weather's been cooking up over on my my side of the world. But um, so, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I have we have a long relationship. Actually, I, you do my taxes now. I'm helping you guys with marketing. But long a long time ago, when I first ran into you guys. Um, after I kind of learned what you guys did and, and hired you, I got one of the best surprises. I sent over my previous tax returns over to David and he came back like a couple of days later. He's like, man, right off the bat, I'm going to save you like six grand. Maybe it was, maybe, maybe it was even seven grand. And he's like, yeah, you're the previous guy that did your, your, your taxes got this wrong and he refiled it. And man, that just, <laughs> that set the stage for like, a lifetime, a lifelong relationship, I think. I wish we could do that for everyone, but uh, <laughs> that is not always the exception or that always the case. I'm assuming that happens, though. Um, I'm assuming that's why you asked for the previous returns, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, it does happen a lot. So when we, we ask for the previous returns, we're basically looking to tie everything out with their financial statements, if they're a business or if they're an individual, just kind of looking through over things and making sure everything is done right. Um, nine times out of ten, everything's going to be done you know, perfectly. Uh, a lot of great competent accountants out there, uh, but you do have the rare situation where maybe the accountant didn't have all the information they needed to complete it, or you know they just did it wrong, and that's when kind of catch and, in your case, uh, help out. In some cases, it's the other way around where we have to break the bad news to them and say, hey, unfortunately, <laughs> they did it wrong. Oh. <laughs> you know what do you oh, want to do? <laughs> so it does oh, yeah, go both ways of... for sure. Oh yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Yeah, well, it's funny when we're, we're we're about to get into talking about marketing, and and one of the things I've been interested about is like customer experience. And I think that's becoming a, 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 the new marketing. It's like marketing 2.0 because like that one thing that happened, like I remember and I just, anytime I run into anybody, I tell them that story. And I think, uh, I think that goes to show like how important customer service is uh, to, to your marketing in general. Cause you're not, yeah. you're not, I'm not looking at any one of your flyers. I'm not looking at mm -hmm. your video. I'm just remembering that one experience and I tell everybody about it. Yeah, and I think customer service is, is, is super, super, super important. Obviously, that keeps your attention rate really high, right? Um, but I think the key there is constantly reviewing it, you know, sending out, you know, notifications every month, every couple months, you know, asking people how are things going, you know, just kind of keeping in touch with them because a lot of times, you know, that things may be going well, you don't know about it, and it's great to hear about it, but things may not be going well, and it's good to know about that before it becomes a bigger issue. So I think customer service is is extremely huge especially in the virtual cfo market that uh, that we're all in today yeah and especially i mean not to go off on a tangent but it also gives you a lot of information to what type of content should i be creating because we all mm -hmm. think we know exactly what customers want to hear sometimes we're right but sometimes we're way off and those interactions with clients i think it's sometimes because they're they're basic things and we, we're always kind of a couple steps ahead so we don't realize how some of these really basic things are important for content. Um, so on that front, you guys have built like a massive uh, CFO, virtual CFO firm. Uh, you're like the juggernaut in the industry. 
And I know that started around, uh, mostly around, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mostly around search engine optimization. That was one of the big things yeah. you guys did early. And, yeah. Um, I, I, I wish I could say I was a genius. I, I really do. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I wasn't. It was, it was one of those deals where uh, in the accounting industry, the way that you got your leads was through the phone book, if everybody remembers the phone book. And it was yellow pages. And you spent a lot of money on the phone book. Uh, unfortunately, back then, back in 2004, I, we didn't have the money. We just started up 2002, completely bootstrap company, didn't have many clients, didn't have really much money, didn't have a, a big war chest uh, that I could lean back on. So was, I had to kind of figure out how can I get clients without having to spend money. And I thought, well, let's try this website thing. You know, it sounds like it might be kicking off. Everybody was back on AOL back then, right? It was real slow and everything. But I thought, you know, hey, let's see if we can rank high on Google and and so we, we look for different uh, you know different branding you know different ways to you know at that point uh, what we were doing was called outsource CFO or outsource accounting or something like that and a lot of times it had the negative connotation of maybe overseas you know that type of thing and and I, and I wanted to rank number one uh, but I, I needed to use the vernacular that people were looking to search for, and I, I, I didn't, I couldn't do it. And so when we're looking through the dictionary and thesauruses and all that kind of stuff, trying to come up with something I could rank, uh, I, I looked up virtual, and I thought, well, virtual CFO sounds kind of cool. And I did some Google searches for it, didn't see anybody out there, and I thought, well, this would be perfect. And so that's kind of where the my search engine optimization came into play. Started right away with that, and of course, when no one's looking for it, and you pop up on the first page right away. <laughs> That means no one's looking for it. <laughs> so, so usually it's not a good sign, right? That's not a good sign of, hey, right, uh, this is how we need to go. Uh, but over time, it was kind of funny that, that that term luckily was picked up by a lot of different folks. You know, a lot of different folks start putting it on their website. And now nowadays, if you look at any CPA's website, they have virtual CFO service somewhere on it. It might mean something different to them than what it means to us, but they have it on there. And so that's why, um, one, getting up there in, in, in the rare circumstance of being one of the first ones on there, uh, Google recognizes us right away. And that's why if you ever do virtual CFO or type it in anywhere in the United States, we pop up on that first page. But the fact that we recognize that right away and then blogged on it constantly, pretty much on a daily basis for uh, since 2004, which is a long time to be blogging. Um, articles and everything linking back to that search you know, search engine, you know, the, the, the term and just making sure everything was optimized perfectly. Um, it's something that I did personally as an owner uh, back in 2004 and continued on until uh, we got to the size where I could actually hire a marketing director to take over and, and uh, bring in folks like yourself to help out uh, to make sure that we stay at that number one spot. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, given the way you're talking about it, it almost sounds like you got lucky, but um, my guess is that there was still some strategy in there that you were you were utilizing. And even beyond that is like a certain confidence that you had in trying something like this. Like what was it that allowed you to kind of just start doing it and continue to move forward when you weren't exactly sure exactly how it was going to play out? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, back in, in 2004, if you got to kind of rewind everything and kind of forget the, the nowadays, um, the term didn't exist. 
the service really didn't exist. Uh, the, the, the closest thing that accountants did back then was they would do your financial statements and you'd get this binder uh, with a really cool binder here that they'd give to you like three months after the month was over. And you'd look at it as a business owner, didn't really understand anything and you'd tuck it away and you'd, you'd thank the accountant for doing their job type of thing. And, <laughs> right, and that's exactly. something that we, we, you know, if you can remember back then, you know, that, that is something that was a standard because uh, technology just really wasn't there and it was, you know, all, all human capital and so forth. And so uh, when we took, when we, when we started in 2002, about 2004 is when we, we recognized, hey, we got to do things a little differently and we've got to do, we got to do things, uh, you know, forward looking, you know, people really didn't care. Business owners didn't care so much the past because it's the past, right? They're, they're looking forward to the future. And so the future was, this virtual CFO service concept. And so it was a big risk taking and kind of going that direction because now it was looking, you know, forward thinking with software that really didn't exist at that point. So we're using Excel and trying to build these complex models in it and really kind of helping the client, which was the, the small business owner, you know, become, you know, you know, basically overcome all the obstacles, overcome the fact of, hey, what if I hire somebody? Well, how does that impact my revenue? More, more, more importantly, what is my cash situation look like you know three months from now or six months is this going to really put me out of business or is this a good thing what does a price increase do you know all those different modeling things that that really big companies had we were bringing it down to the small to mid-sized company and really helping those folks out and so when we coined that term virtual cfo service we you know and, and again we didn't coin the term i'm sure the, the term existed way beyond us but that's when we started actually utilizing that term and use it using it into the um, the seo side and and that's that's what we went with. We thought, you know, hey, this is going to be what we're going to do. And you know, we had a lot of naysayers saying, you know, virtual. What does that mean? Does it even exist? You know, that that type of thing. And we're like, well, I think this is going to be the term. And so we started really focusing on it, knowing that, you know, if we had to make a left-hand turn somewhere and maybe change things up, we could always do that, right? Uh, but that was the one that we really focused on and really focused all of our SEO on. And you know, it, it didn't work. You know, and I say it didn't work. It didn't work for about five years. <laughs> we, we were. Right continually using that term for about five years, building up all this, you know, the credit, you know, you'd see one or two people pop on and maybe a full page, but nothing more than maybe the second page for virtual CFO. And so no one was really ever looking for it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who or what, what caused it, but all of a sudden it just went boom. And then everybody had, you know, that term on their website. And so it was kind of a, uh, uh, kind of cool. And I don't know if it was because of the SEO and I don't know if it was because it was an easy way for the bigger firms to get in. You know, I, I don't know, but um, you know, we're, we're a $9 million firm back then we were only at maybe a million dollar firm and you know, we were ranking number one uh, with all the big boys, you know, all the big accounting firms, the giant behemoth accounting firms, we were above them in ranking and, and you know, they've got a powerful marketing department. So it didn't really take a powerful marketing department. It just took really consistent marketing, consistent blogging, consistent. We didn't miss a day. We blogged every single day, uh, five days a week. Um, and that was so, so important to me because I knew that was the only way that we would be able to stay on that front page. And that front page was so important because we were trying to market a service, not to just Fort in Indiana, which is where our office was way back then when we had an office. You know, we were completely distributed now and have been since 2013. But back then we we, we had an office and we, we wanted to actually do this on a global nature. You know, how can we do this across the United States? The only way to do that is, you know, we, we're going to buy a phone ad, uh, an ad 
had in every phone book in the United States. That wasn't going to happen. And this was the, our ticket, our key <laughs> there, right? And so then we started really, that's when we started focusing on it. We knew in order to stay there, we had to really continue to drive content to it. And, and then, you know, then things just kind of picked up. You know, we did start picking up people outside of our geographic area in Rhode Island and New York and California. And it was like, wow, this is really working out. Still is pretty slow. Uh, until we started niching into a space, and then when we did that, it just it, just, it really blew up and uh, it allowed us to become what we are today. Yeah, that's interesting, and I, I love that like you had the persistence for five years, and like just hearing you, like, and this is the same thing I try to convey to people a lot is like the main things is like you took some sort of measured risk, you knew you had to to achieve the goals that you wanted, you you tried, and you were consistent, and you understood that you could ultimately change directions if you needed to like that. And it's, and um, I mean, that's one of the things I'm always just like, I'm always working with people on because they get so hung up on those initial decisions. Like, is it this? Is it, is it this? I mean, you you could have sat around, should I do VCFO or (laughs) you could have picked a million different things, but you, you just decided to pick something to try it and you could, you knew you could pivot. And I think that's, that's the the genius of it. You know, take, taking that risk is is kind of second nature for me, and the, which is kind of weird for an accountant, right? Because accountants hate risk, they hate change, and for for <laughs> me, it, it's like kind of second nature. I'm always looking for the biggest and best thing. And, and to point your, the perfect example, of what you're talking about is my my father-in-law. Uh, he, he should be the owner of McDonald's. Man, he he's. He, he said, hey, let's put a McDonald's in that corner. Let's do there. He's got all these great ideas, but has never once bought a McDonald's, you know, and, and he'd be, he would have been the perfect one for it. And those McDonald's or whatever that might, whatever that restaurant might be, would have been a great location, great place for him, but never pulled the trigger. He had the money at the time, but just never pulled that trigger. And, and here he is, doesn't own one at all. And, and that's the same type of a thing, I'm, I, you know, that I, I tell a lot of accounting firms because we do a lot of coaching with accounting firms. They're really risk averse, but you've got to actually take that, the leap of faith. You got to do it. You know, you've got to change things around. You know, if, if, if you want to grow and, and grow the way that we, that, you know, we're growing or grow, you know, the way that the future is going to hold, you've got to, you can't see in the past, you got to take a risk and got to take that, that movement. And SEO is like the way to go. It, it still is. It was back in 04. Definitely. We jumped on the bandwagon back then, but it, man, it's even so much more important today. You know, that's what drives, you know, I would say over 40% of our revenue is coming from, you know, our marketing efforts. And uh, it, it's kind of cool that we've never had to, we, we don't do any kind of outbound marketing at all. It's all inbound through SEO and other, other you know, social media and so forth. Uh, we don't get any clients outbound. We don't even try to outbound market. We haven't been outbound marketing probably since 2006, 2007, you know, when we were trying to really drum some business up. Inbound marketing is the way to go and SEO is the, the, the trigger for that for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting too because like, it's yeah, you, you spent a little bit of time, well, not a little bit, five years getting this to work, mm-hmm. but that's what allows the scalability as you grow because you have all of that, all that momentum that you had there. And it's not like, and like you said, it's like a small marketing team. When I see other firms that are doing the outbound game, they can't scale that. And as soon as they stop, they get distracted, they, they take on too much or it's just like, number one, it's hard to find enough rainmakers to actually go out there and close those kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just can't hire enough people to do it. And then you've got people doing sales and they're also experts and it just becomes like a, a really hard thing to do. And as then, as soon as they stop, it's just the whole thing, the whole engine comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. And, and it's kind of weird because most public accounting firms, because we'd be considered a public accounting firm, right? Their partners are out there 
you know, doing all the marketing, you know, the, the, so the marketing is really towards the partners, you know, what, what, what club do they go to or what golfing course are they golfing at or, you know, what event do they go to to, you know, get in front of people, you know, so it's, it's really marketed towards those folks. And you're right, those, you know, they're really limited on what they can bring in with us. It's completely different. We've got, you know, over 50 people that work for us and none of them are responsible for bringing in clients the firm is responsible for bringing in clients. You know, the marketing is the firm. It's not Jody Grundon or Adam Hale or Jamie now or any of our directors, it's the firm. And so we market the firm, we market Summit CPA Group, we market that, and that's what drives our revenue. You know, we, we've, we've grown from, you know, last year we, we closed about $6 million in revenue, this year we'll close about 9 million. So a huge growth, and it's been that way every year probably since since I can remember, the growth is exponentially getting bigger and bigger as our net's getting bigger. And again, none of that is outbound, 100% inbound. People are coming to us and it's all due to the marketing efforts that we put into. So we, we do spend some money on marketing and it's really, really pays off in the long term. And it's really sustainable and very scalable. Yeah, plus it's fun, I think, because you're like, instead of like you, you like one of the things you mentioned is that, you know, you were, you were coining new terms, you were coining a, a way to do business. And I think thought leadership, those that type of like, you know, you're coming up with the ideas that it, that in itself is fun. And it also pushes the firm forward, like uh, philosophically, like you're you're developing new ideas, sharing those things and they develop new business when somebody's just sitting around and, uh, you know, just doing outbound. That isn't like you're not generating any new idea. You're just keeping busy by doing busy work. For sure, for sure. Yeah, thought leadership is really the key to everything. You know, when it comes to really growing a business, I could talk for hours on thought leadership. Um, <laughs> Same but, you know, you've you got to be that. you got to be the person that helps everyone else, educates everyone else. Not not really a sales pitch. You, you don't want it to be a sales pitch at all. You just want to educate and help people out. And by doing so, you know, in, in turn, people start coming to you and grows. And that's kind of what's happened to, happened to us. You know, thought leadership, you know, you write books, you do articles, you you, you pop on webcam, you know, web, web, you do webinars, you do podcasts, you know, you, you get involved in a lot of different things. And because of that, again, people start seeking seeking your firm out because of, you know, all the mark, basically the marking that you're doing. And, and so I, I, I truly believe thought leadership is, is the key to, to any kind of growing, you know, and scaling at a large, you know, a large amount for any business. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree too. I mean, that's the same thing I, I do to, to grow my business right now. I'm not doing any outbound. And, um, and what I think is interesting too, is that it can happen faster than, uh, than it did for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always encouraging people to, it's like, part of it is just like, are you going to commit to it? Are you going to are you going to put yourself out there fast enough to get the feedback to correct what you're doing and and just grow? I mean, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So no, and I, so I agree were, on the I agree on the speed. Real quick on the speed. From 2002 to about 2011, we weren't thought leaders. We just had an idea. You know, we we had this virtual CFO service that we were trying to. To, to really promote and, and nobody was really buying, you know, nobody was buying it. We were getting maybe four sales a year, you know, that, which is not a lot of sales. I mean, and our sales was are fairly small. It really wasn't until we started becoming, you know, and really make going from a generalist to a specialist and really niching is when we saw things really just blow up, you know, and, and, it, and that really started about 2011, 2012 is when we saw the real growth, you know, going from maybe, and I had to look back cause I don't know the, 
the exact numbers, but let's say we are under a million dollars in revenue at that point and growing maybe 10%, you know, like a normal accounting firm would do, uh, to, to blowing up and meaning doubling our size within about a year and a half and then doubling that again and then, you know, and continue to double or really close to double every two to three years. So, yeah, you're right. You know, you, you can really blow it up if you do it right and you can blow it up fairly quickly because, uh, you know, the, the people buy, you know, people buy products and services from people that know what they're doing. And that's where that thought leadership comes in. And that's where the, the niching, the narrow you get, the, the, the more successful you get, which is kind of a strange concept, right? You know, you always think, it is. Oh, let's cash this big web or this big net. You're going to get all these clients. It's like, no, no, cast a really small net, catch that really big fish, be that big fish in that big net. Or, you know, you want, you want to really kind of focus as small as you can, you know, it, it, you know for us, you know, we, we focus on creative agencies, you know, for another firm, maybe they focus on dentists, you know, maybe, Maybe you're a marketing firm and you market only to accountants. You know that is a niche, and, and and then you can maybe it's only accountants within a certain size. You know, so the narrower you get, again, the, the the more that you become that expert in that field, and people will start coming to you versus you going to them. Yeah, and I think that's an important example too because that that's a, another testament of what marketing is. Which, in my opinion, it's kind of like a tool to test messaging. And so if you if you never start because you're trying to get all the answers, you never get the learnings from it. And to your point about the niche, like uh, it's the same for me. So it's not and not only is it just that um, you're committing to a group of people, but you're learning their language, all that kind of stuff. Oh, so for like, sure. so it kind of like so it, I think my example is interesting is like I didn't I first started um, talking to a lot of financial advisors, but then ended up also talking to a lot of accountants when I was kind of launching my firm. Mm-hmm. And I would start just just to learn like all the different things that you guys say, like the different you, you guys. The vernacular is huge. The vernacular is <laughs> just like and just like this type of accountants doing a lot of like, you know, working with a lot of different industries. And um, so it's just you start to learn all that language. And then when I'm talking to you, even if it doesn't necessarily affect the way my my service is rendered, it just it just comes across like I understand your field. And so therefore, it's just you know, I'm more attractive to, to work with than somebody that just might be doing general marketing. Oh, that's a thousand percent accurate. I mean, you know, when you think about it, you know, that, that's because when we, when we actually, we, we promote, you know, some different things within our, you know, within our service, we, we, we don't say, Hey, you want to have so much cash in the bank and here are the different metrics that you need to look at. Well, if you look at those metrics, if I was promoting that to an accounting firm, they'd all go like, duh, you know, we already do right. all this stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that that's not, you know, that's, you know, what, what, what are you trying to sell us? But in, in taking that exact, all those metrics and repackaging it to creative agencies, it's a new thing. It's like, wow, I never even thought about it this way or I never, never, we've never done it that way. I've never looked at it that way. And now I can repurpose something that, that I picked up in a different, you know, a, a, in the, the accounting firm area and, and, and translate that over to the, to the creative agency and then and then utilizing their vernacular along with that it, it's just huge and, and, and so it's, it's really and, and now now you're the thought leader right maybe write a book on it maybe do articles about it you know and, and really you know when, when you talk about your articles you, you're, you're always throwing in you know the, the creative agency the word you know you're saying these different words that kind of really make it their their own so when you're saying hey tax benefits you're not saying hey these are the latest tax benefits benefits it's 
these are the latest tax benefits for creative agencies. Then all of a sudden it, that they own that little space there, right? And so now you're marketing towards them because they think, oh yeah, this is it for creative agencies. Although that's really it for everybody, any service-based company. You know, you know that you have that, and it's kind of amazing all the different articles that when people catch on to that, all the different articles we get from our clients saying, hey, did you see this? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, that's we've been doing that for ten years. <laughs> or you know, that's yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Don't worry about that. You know, because again, they're marketing towards it, and people are thinking, "Wow, this is something I've never heard of." Because it's a creative agency thing, or a doctor thing, or a marketing person thing, or you know, whatever that might be. Yeah, and I I just think that's the genius of it. Not only does it help you grow your business, but it it helps you improve your products. Because I'm sure, that, and I know this, I know this is true because you've showed me a lot of this stuff, but. I know that the, all those spreadsheets that you created for various clients over the years developed more and more and more. You, you kept learning what didn't work, what didn't, and the spreadsheets. And, and now you guys created your own software based off of all of the learning. So you were in spreadsheets for years and years and years. And then finally, you're like, man, we know so much now. It actually makes sense for us to actually develop some, some custom software to do this even better. Yeah, and, and that's really the key to, to growing is not only marketing, because that's just one piece of it, but all the processes in place. You've got to have process and you got to have tools. And the bigger we got, you know, the spreadsheets, you just couldn't do it. You know, you can't, when you have 150 clients that you're managing on a weekly basis, you can't change 150 spreadsheets, you know, every time right. we, we make a global sweep. And that's where the software thought, you know, came, idea came in, hey, we've got to make this more efficient. You know, we've got to be profitable and then more efficient. And that's when the software came in. And that's where we kept fine tuning everything because we understood the, we understood the vernacular, we understood the market, we understood exactly what creative agencies wanted. And we could actually build that into the software to really kind of help us, you know, do our jobs, you know, make, make our jobs a lot easier, make it easier for them. Yeah, very cool. So, so you guys, you guys have a, a course to help other CFOs build their firm. Um, what, what are some of the things that you run up against when you're talking with them in terms of their growth? Like, what are the things that get in their way most? And like, what are some things you could share to help them out? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we, we, we developed a course, you know, and similar to the creative agencies, I, I do a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of my speaking engagements are for national, in front of national, you know, groups of national, where there are a bunch of CPAs there and nationally there. And I always got to ask, you know, how do you guys deliver this? How are you guys doing this? Because they heard a lot about it. And so, you know, kind of a similar approach that we took with the creative agency, opening up our books and, and, hey, here's how we did it. Here's how we're doing it. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. This will save you a lot of headache if you go this direction or, or versus is this direction and we just continued to get calls all the time about you know different accounting firms calling us for an hour and we'd be happy to happy to chat with them and and really help them out but we thought you know hey how can we do this a little bit better and so we put a course together that really kind of defined our entire playbook from you know you know you know module one to module 15 you know all the way from our core values to everything and really kind of teaching them how to how to get from a to a to z and we had uh, we, we've got a lot of cpa firms that have signed up for the course and have gone through the course and and then we meet with them on a regular weekly basis after that kind of like a town hall thing where we can or anything is open for questions and it's kind of nice because we'll get like 20 firms in there and they'll be bouncing questions off of each other and it's kind of a a cool thing um but but the biggest thing that we found through the whole process is that the owner was really the obstacle for all these firms you know the owner was like you know hey 
I can't do this because, you know, because during, it was kind of funny because during, the, when I was doing, actually doing the talks in front of it, I get, you know, 50, 60 different firms that come up. I'd be in line talking. It was kind of cool. Maybe feel like I was really important. And I'm out there talking and explaining everything. And they'd always say, oh, I love your approach. This is great, but there's no way we could do that. And they would tell me all the different reasons in the world why they couldn't be a virtual firm or why working distributed is, is impossible or, or why the virtual CFO service, you had to be in front of somebody in person, you know, all these different things. And, and I'm like, okay. And so then when I did the, the presentation, we, when we did the, when we rolled out this new course, it just happened to be at the same time COVID hit, which again, you know, really devastating for the nation. Uh, for us, it was kind of different because we, we really didn't it skip a, you know, we didn't skip a beat because we didn't have an office. We were already distributed. We've been distributed for a long time. And now these firms are being, they're forced into being distributed, forced into working remotely and figuring out it's not that hard. <laughs> you know, you know all, all the different things that they thought were obstacles, they figured it out. You know, hey, here, here's how you talk to clients. You know, it, it works out really well. You don't have to shake their hand anymore. You know, that type of thing. So <laughs> everything started really kind of working itself out and, and, and you know, all the obstacles kind of went away. And, and so the, the, the cool thing about that was is that now when they're coming to our course, as they're, as they're coming, you kind of see the change in their attitudes as they're coming. Now it's like, you know, hey, I want to be virtual. I, I want to be completely distributed. How do you guys do that? You know, how do you guys do that to make it work well? And because the whole time it was really the owners that were was the big obstacle. It wasn't the clients. You know, the clients don't care if you're in front of them or not. <laughs> you know, they, 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 right. they like you just as well if you're in California, if you're in New York. They don't care. You know, the, it's a big world out there. It was the owners thinking that really paralyzed them from acting and and, and that over time you, we can like like i said we can see in the course more and more people are joining the course up because now they're like they, they've already broken that barrier that, hey this can be done we can do this i just don't want to fall on my face 20 different times before I, I figure out how to do it right let's 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 talk to somebody that knows what they're doing how they're doing it and when and when you're chatting with all these different firm owners that are in there and they've done little pieces and done kind of you know maybe a quarter of the way to what we've done or whatever it, it really builds their confidence and, and it's like hey I can, I can do this and you know th and that's when the attitude changes so it's all on the it's on the owner the owner is the biggest the obstacle mindset. out there yeah for sure yeah it's interesting mindset seems to be the the limiting uh, the limiting uh, factor in so many different things like whether it's marketing, growing the business, there's just all these things that I think people just have a preconceived idea of, and uh, it's hard to just see beyond. And that, that's one of the main things I do when I'm doing strategy with marketing is mostly just like making sure that they feel comfortable. Like, can you see this like functioning? And when people see it functioning, they're like, oh yeah, this it's not going to necessarily be easy. But like once you can actually see it functioning, that makes Makes all the difference. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, but I, obviously we know you do virtual CFO, uh, virtual CFO work. You're you're teaching other uh, CPAs and accountants how to build their virtual CFO uh, practices. Anything else that you wanted to share in terms of like what you guys do? Really, outside of that, we we do do um, we, we do. I'd say 80% of what we do is virtual CFO services and the other 20% has to do with uh, 401k audits. So we do do something outside of that. Um, and we thought we, hey, we'd try it. Does this virtual work on other parts of the accounting world? And, and uh, we took that risk. And, and of course, back in 2011, uh, we had no clients in the 401k 
audit area, and now we're in the top one half a percent of all firms giving 401k audits. So we've really grown that practice dramatically because, uh, again, people didn't want to be in, they didn't want the auditors to be there, right? And so we took advantage of that opportunity and you know, have grown a, a big, very nice, successful auditing practice, which is kind of kind of funny how that, that worked. It was just kind of like, hey, let's take a risk. Let's see if it works in another area. And I'm sure we could probably do that with other areas if we wanted to, but we're just, we're content right now with the growth that we're having on, on that. Uh, being being remote was uh, probably the funnest thing that we've ever done. And back in 2013, uh, there weren't anybody that you know, no, very few companies out there were remote. You know, there was maybe 50 to 100 companies that were fully remote. And the only reason I know that's because we were in Forbes magazine, and it said the it said the 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 125 remote companies. And it was kind of neat being amongst all these other companies that you everybody's heard of. You know, really big companies. And you know, and, cool. and and with that, it, it was kind of a fun thing, but it also allowed us to recruit people that wanted to work remote because, again, the other concept was nobody wants to work remote or is the remote job really real? And over time, it was kind of nice. We were the only ones in the field, right? So we're bringing all these new new people. And now our newest challenge this year is really more people are remote. So now maybe our workforce isn't as big. So we've got to figure out another way and come up with another way to bring in, you know, really great talent to service the the huge demand and clients that we have. So again, life is all full of challenges, right? You know, as one thing gets conquered, another thing pops up. And that's kind of the fun thing of being an entrepreneur, right? Because you're always looking to figure out how we can actually fix this next issue. You know, do we just settle and not grow? You know, of course we could do that. It'd be fun. It would, we'd make a lot of money doing it, just staying flat, but that's not how, how we look at it. We want to grow and be big. And how can we grow, scale our client base, which we have the demand. Now we've got to get the, the people to be able to support that demand. And that's the next biggest challenge for us is, uh, uh, delivering that so far we've had no issues with it but down the road you know for hiring 10 15 20 people a year that's going to make a big difference yeah, that's awesome man well well hey i appreciate you you coming on and um and yeah i just really appreciate what you guys are doing and yeah i appreciate working with you and i also appreciate you helping me out with my all my taxes and stuff so uh, it's been a true honor and thank you for being on jody yeah thanks steven it's been great